on this week's show. Ready for his big day on the TV in the FA Cup, we hear from Ramsgate striker Joe Taylor. We're still very much in the circus of the whole thing, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it is a game that we will remember forever. Also eyeing an FA Cup upset is Maystone United forward Sol Wanju-Smith. To be honest, it's quite nice going to a game where we are the underdog, there's no pressure on us, we, we have nothing to lose, and personally, it's the furthest I've ever been in the competition. He's not a striker anymore, but Andy Constable completes a hat-trick of impressive front men. The Homestale manager looks ahead to the FA Vars trip to Eastbourne United. It's going to be fantastic for us to get a, a nice trip away somewhere, I think. So that we, we set out as a little target at the start of the season, so if we can tick that one off, that'd be fantastic. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Canterbury Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. It's been uh, quite a week and uh, not a happy one, uh, sadly, but we've got some big cup games to look forward to this weekend. And we're going to be hearing from three interested parties in those knockout clashes and hopefully provide some light relief along the way as well. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who had the deep joy of de-icing my car at midnight on Tuesday night. Another one now was a man who's been hobnobbing with the great and good of Ramsgate FC this evening. Matt Gerrard, how are you? Not too bad. All these people saying it's cold, mate. I have to say, it's the, I don't think it's been that cold. Getting up at half six, walking the dog. Can't it, I'm not seeing my own breath. So that means it's not cold. So there you go. Well, I'm going to flip reverse that and say sometimes I see my own breath in my flat. Um, <laughs> You're not putting heat on. Oh, well, it's difficult because all I've got is a storage heater. And... You know, those things, they, they make it so that it's lovely and warm in the evenings. I'm not here in the evenings. So, you know, as much as I love the cats, I don't really want to pay out all the money for the heating, just have them too cosy. And, uh, and me still be cold in the mornings and when I get home. Um, and also, I have I did have to de-ice the car. I got back to the car last night. It was a late night, midnight, walked around the corner. Oh, there's loads of there's, there's ice on the car. So that that's But what I will say is, as I was driving... Uh, from where the car was parked in Tunbridge all the way back down, the temperature fluctuated. It did go to the minus ones a couple of times, but by the time I got back to Eastbourne, it was a balmy three degrees. So it, 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 it's, it's snow coming, isn't it? They were saying. I think so. Yeah, there's some mornings no, knocking about up north. I think there's been some snow up north as well. And and uh, just in case you're you, you're unsure if it's time for snow, uh, it was the 11th of December last year uh, when I almost got snowed in London uh, because it's it started uh, snowing very heavily. So yeah, it it could be coming, um, but who knows? We, the weather's just been awful the last few weeks, isn't it? Well, it, the rain, yeah. It's to be honest, I don't think it's been that bad down here. So a bit of rain, but expect that. But I'm not complaining about not being cold. So. The, the house is cold because I'm too tight to put the heating on, but that's basically what it is. But it, that means it's probably warmer outside. Well, yeah, but we'll all just be wrapped up like novelty Christmas penguins that wasn't allowed to buy at a market at the weekend. That's that, that's the way it's going to be, mate, I'm afraid. Well, yeah, exactly. You have to move on. It's only going to get worse. Right, so, but it, yeah, I, I'm not, com- no, I don't think it's that cold at the moment. Well, down here it's not. Maybe I could be lived by the sea. Well, yeah, I think that does make a difference, actually. It's not, it never seems to be as cold when you're by the sea. Yeah. Um, so, fingers crossed. Uh, it's our 275th episode this week. And because I enjoyed it last week, Matt, I've got some more world records for us. Oh, uh, in November 2007, 275 people dressed up as mobile phones in Puerto Rico. Uh, in April 2015, 275 people took part in the largest welding lesson ever, which was held in Willowbrook, Illinois. And Matt, you might want to close your ears here, uh, but Mystique the German Shepherd holds the record for most certificates, one as a show dog with 275. That is lest we forget, a full 275 more than Lachie earned in her dog show debut earlier this year. I, I, I don't like talking about that, John, because that upsets me. That I know. That, that's well, why I told well, you to close your ears. Well, 275 times they've gone on there. That means they're stopping the other dogs winning 275 times because they're being selfish, because everybody should win. So you're not a fan of Mystique, the German no. Shepherd, then? Ridiculous name as well. It's a pop <laughs> band, not a dog. 
Oh well, he's taking it well. That's uh, that's that that's good news. Anyway, let's uh, get on with the show. And um, first and foremost, we have to talk about what happened at the Larkfield and New Hyde against Corinthian Kent Senior Trophy tie on Saturday. Uh, it was one-one five minutes for half time when Corinthians Cameron Beckles collapsed on the pitch. He was later taken to Maidstone Hospital and then transferred to London, where he's undergone two bouts of surgery and he remains in a critical but stable condition in the hospital. It's an absolutely horrendous thing for him, his family and the players of both sides. And all of our thoughts and prayers are with him. As regular listeners of the show will know, I have a lot of time for Corinthians Club and their manager, Michael Golding. And I know that it's been a dreadful week for them all. Uh, they've now set up a GoFundMe page uh, for Cam and his family to aid in his recovery, whatever that may entail. And, and really all we can say is, is get well soon, Cam. And, and we hope that everybody who was affected by that horrible incident on Saturday um, gets all the support they need. Uh, it's your worst nightmare, Matt, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know when you text me about it. I was at 19 years of age, um, still in the hospital, having to go to London. Really is. Hopefully everything can work out. But it, yeah, horrendous. You know, going to doing a sport that he loves, and um, that's happened to them. So yeah, Corinthian. It you know must have been a very difficult statement that they put out a few days ago, and you know the the, the warmth and love of the local football community has been fantastic. And Hopefully, um, at the end of this, it can be a, a a good story, a good ending. And but you know, fingers and prayers are with Cameron and his family. Absolutely, uh, it has been a tough week, but we are going to carry on as normal with the show. Uh, we're going to start with the FA Cup second round, uh, where two of our sides are hoping to make it into the third round. Uh, Ramsgate are in the second round proper for the first time in their history, and the lowest ranked team left in the competition have got their big day on Monday night when they travel to face AFC Wimbledon in a game that's being broadcast on ITV4. Win, lose or draw, as you're about to hear, it will be a day to remember for the visitors. And ahead of that game, Matt spoke to Rams hotshot Joe Taylor. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. You know, I've got loads of family travelling up, loads of friends and just being on live TV. I'm used to the friends and family watching, but knowing you're on live TV and there's gonna, we've got the cameras and we've got all the media around it. Yeah, it's new. It's new for me, but... Um, I'm approaching it just the same as we did the last round, really, mate. It's uh, it's just going to be a magical occasion. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it more than anything. I think it's good nerves. You, you know the club where you're from the local area. You played at Ramsgate when you were a youngster. How's the club changed in that period at the moment? And could you ever envisage that Ramsgate would be in the second round of the FA Cup live on the telly? Well, I played when the current chairman's dad was the, the chairman and uh, the one I used to deal with every week. And, you know... We, we had a big grass pitch with, with not many fans watching us and there was the youth system wasn't this big uh, I've come back and the club's just completely different the the look of the club around the pitch the pitch itself that just the whole infrastructure has changed massively over that times and um, yeah with all the kids that are coming in now and and, and the way the club's set up um, I think it's only going to go from strength to strength from when it's and I'm, I'm I'm really proud that I'm a part of it this season um, even if things hadn't have gone as well as they have in the FA Cup and the league, it's um, it's a I feel really good being at this club. I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. You're you're the main man. You've got a lot of goals this season. You've got a lot of goals in the FA Cup. I think it's nine. What would it mean to you to to score against uh, Wimbledon on the television? Yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy. Look, the the last round against Woking, I, I I didn't get a lot of chances. I didn't get a lot of the ball. You know, I was up top isolated for most of the game and. You know, I don't know how the game's going to go. We'll find out about them tonight in training. But um, I'm hoping that I can get a chance. I know that if I get a chance, I'm, I'm usually efficient. So, yeah, if I can stick one away, it would be probably the biggest goal I've ever scored. But I need to not go into the game thinking about it like that. I just need to approach it as any other game. And if I get a chance, just take it like I would any other time. But, yeah, it would be... Um, to do it in front of 1,500 Ramsgate fans at a, at a good ground, in front of the most fans I've ever played for, it would be, yeah, it would be my biggest goal. You said you got a lot of friends and family coming to watch you? Yeah, my my, uh, my dad's got a box. He's booked a box for 12, uh, 12 of my family members that are going up. I've had about 3,500 people ask me for tickets. Um, yeah, my, my, my partner's going up, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's more than a football match. Really. It's, you know, it's, a, it's something you're always going to remember for the rest of your life, isn't it? We said that about Woking. We said that about Totten away. You know, it's this cup run will be remembered by this club forever. I'm sure we're, we're as a team. We'll. We, when I was younger, I used to look in the clubhouse after every game 
and there'll be pictures of Warren Schultz and his teammates and their cup run that they went on and that's going to be us now and um, it hasn't quite hit home yet and we're still very much in the circus of the whole thing but yeah it's it's um, it is a game that we will remember forever and it's going to be you know on the telly I'm going to record it I'm going to have that forever and I'll show my grandkids and all the rest of it so yeah it's exciting one of the things will be the draw is going to be before you actually play so Ramsgate will be in the third round draw for the uh, FA Cup if, if you get through who would you love to play? Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, be it having the draw beforehand, but, you know, it's, uh, it adds more excitement to it, I suppose. Me and my dad are big United fans, so I'd like to get United away, but uh, if we get a Prem team, um, home or away, then, yeah, absolute madness. And just to have our name in that draw is uh, so good for the club anyway. But, um, look, whoever we get, if, if the journey can continue after this round, then... Yeah, well, let's not even think about that yet. Let's think about Wimbledon first, yeah. What about on Monday? Are you working on Monday or what's your normal routine? You don't normally play on a Monday at 8 o'clock in the evening as well. So what would your routine be like? Well, yeah, I I haven't got the day off work, but... What do you do? I'm a salesman. Three days a week, I'm in London on construction sites selling uh, safety equipment and um, the other two days I'm local, but... Yeah, my work are great with me around that and my, my, my two bosses are actually coming to the game and sitting in the home end by the tunnel and said they're going to give me stick as I walk out. So, uh, yeah, they're, they, they, they're supporting me for it and uh, my work have been great. So, I think Will they give you the day off? I think they will allow me to be on the laptop in a nice dry area if it's raining outside, I'm hoping. But um, day off, I'm not sure about that, but... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably will still be working that day, but I won't be doing anything too strenuous. Will you be able to sleep the night before as well? Uh, I will. After I'm running around my three kids, running around after my three kids at home, uh, yeah, I get to sleep well every night. But yeah, the, the nerves will definitely be heightened that night. But um, yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll be all right. You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm okay going into this game. I, I, I'm really excited for it, but I need to prepare well, and I've. Uh, yeah, a full night's sleep's needed before a game like that, let me tell you. All in all, the confidence seems high within the camp as well, so you've got a chance, haven't you? Yeah, we've got a chance. I mean, he's, uh, anyone that was at the Woking game will tell you that um, we more than matched them uh, for most of the game. So we know Wimbledon's a step up from them, and we know they're a really good side, and we're in their, their, their home patch, so we're massive underdogs. And look, there's a big chance that... that we, we might not get what we want out of the game, but we just need to approach it with the same mindset that, yes, everyone thinks we're not going to do anything, but we're quietly confident that we can play a part in this game. Well, I think you can hear the excitement in his voice there, Matt, and you've been down to Southwood tonight. How's the mood? Very, very uh, buoyant. Um, we had a little press conference. They had to do a press conference because it's live on the telly. So nobody who came from any... Um, media because apparently Sky and the BBC have been all over Ramsgate for the last couple of weeks they decided not to send anybody down to the press conference so it was a nice jovial sort of mood Um, Joe Taylor um, Lee Martin Ben Smith Michael West were all involved and uh, and again they don't realise it's going to be a tough game absolutely no doubt about that but they were pretty confident that they you know will get chances and they can cause a shock there will be a shock this weekend somewhere in the FA Cup. And why can't it be uh, um, Wimbledon against uh, Ramsgate? Ramsgate are used to winning football matches. Um, it's going to be, a, you know, 1,500 fans, 20 coaches going. So it's going to be a, a phenomenal uh, weekend for Ramsgate supporters. Who would have thought that Ramsgate would be taking 1,500 to an away game? Um, I, I'm lucky and fortunate to be going as well. Yeah, I'm delighted for them. Re- everybody's very, very... Happy. I suppose spoke to James Lawson, the chairman, and he said that £160,000 they made out of this cup competition, which um, will keep them going, he said, for a couple of years. No, absolutely no doubt for just, you know, with the excellent facilities got. He said if they got through and played a Premier League club, it could be for the next 10 years. That The, the money involved, if they, you know, if you've got a big boy, the next 10, 10, 15 years could basically keep the club going. So it shows how an important game it is. So, and of course, they're going to know they're going to be playing because 
the draws before they play. So it could be a phenomenal few days for, for Ramsgate. As uh, as people will have heard Joe say there, you know, he would like Manchester United. I think everyone would like Manchester United. But it, I wonder how that does play on your mind when you know. And I actually think in a kind of roundabout way, if they were to put out a massive team, I think that actually gives Wimbledon a little bit more of an incentive. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean? I, I think I don't think for a second Wimbledon will take Ramsgate lightly because they really will regret it if they were to. But I think, you know, if the balls were to come out and it's going to be Liverpool or Manchester United or Manchester City or an Aston Villa or a Tottenham or someone like that, you know, then Wimbledon will possibly, that will switch them on to be a little bit more focused than, than they perhaps might otherwise be when they're playing a team, what, four leagues below them? Yeah, because speaking of, you know, what Ben Smith saw, he didn't really know if Wimbledon were going to play the the first team. He thought after they played Gillingham yesterday, um, he thought they may rest a few players. But I think you're probably right. If the draw is, and they're away at Crew Alexandria or something, maybe Wimbledon are not going to be, you know, maybe not. But if it is a big boy, both sides will be desperate to win it because the money involved will be good for AFC Wimbledon as well as Ramsgate. So... It will be interesting to see the draw who they get, but it adds a real incentive if, if they've got a big boy and why can't they got to do it? I found out Alfie Paxman's unfortunately suspended, which is a shame because oh, a I really player. like Alfie as a player. Um, so I think he's, you know, too many bookings. Seems a bit of a shame that they've played seven cup competitions and he misses out on this, but Joe seemed pretty confident, pretty nervous as well. I think he will be as well. It's, it's a big game for him. Um, as he mentioned in that Woking game, he didn't have much of a kick, but just hope if, if Ramsgate do get a chance, it falls to him because, you know, I could see it in his eyes in his interview that it's a massive game for him. And if he could score in, in, in his story that he was there a long time ago as a youth, it means a great deal. Absolutely. It's, it'd be a, a, a superb moment for, for for Ramsgate. And, you know, what? I'm, 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 I'm working... Uh, in my day job on Monday night, but you can guarantee that I'll be watching that game uh, for, for the um, through the TV, uh, and I and I can't wait to to see how it all unfolds. And you know, we saw Cray Valley. No one gave them a prayer when they went to Charlton and they got a result. And let's just hope that that Ramsgate can do the same thing. And there is no reason why, as you say, Matt, there is going to be an upset this weekend. It's it's ripe for it somewhere. Somewhere a football league team will go out to a non-league team. And as you say, why can't it be Ramsgate? And what a moment that would be if they were to do it. Yeah, it may work in there. You know, Wimbledon might have looked at what about Charlton and realised, well, you know, we can't take these teams not very seriously because Charlton clearly did in the first game. Wimbledon might want to try and, you know, end, end it as a contest. Again, it's one of these things. If they can still be in it up to an hour, then the home team gets nervous and then they'll have a chance. But the thing is, Ramsgate are used to winning. They know how they're going to play. That when I was there, they were just leaving it. All the players were in watching the videos on the Wimbledon and showing how you can beat them, so or how you can get at them. You know, I'm not going to give it away what they were saying is, but again, the main thing that the analyst said, you've got to be switched on more than probably what you are in normal football because you will get punished, but better players. But I, I think that they'll be well prepared, well drilled. Um, no reason to think they can't cause a shock. No, absolutely not. Well, let's let's hope that they do. Uh, and talking to teams who could cause a shock, a shock at the weekend, uh, also in the second round are Maidstone United. I'm still amazed that they're tight home to League Two Barrow. I mean, all right, they're not the most glamorous opponent, but still has not been picked for the TV. Three o'clock on Saturday for that one. Uh, now, the last time Matt spoke to our next guest, he was in an ice bath. But hopefully this time, Stone striker Sol Andrew Smith was fully clothed when they spoke earlier today. Um, I think as a team, we've had a, a very good start to the season. Um, we've obviously set ourselves some goals of being as far at the table as you can be and being sat second going into December. Um, it, yeah, it looks very good. Um, we're not too we're not too worried though about uh, about where we are on the league table. We just want to focus on each game. Um, obviously, Yeovil had a very good start, as um, as you can see from the table. But I think we just need to keep on uh, with these good performances, and hopefully, uh, it will stand us in good stead come come uh, April. George and Kobe got a bit of stick at the back end of last season when they didn't win any matches. Um, this season, what what sort of change do you think that George has, you know, made them made them more solid, just scoring goals, or is he just working with the players more often and getting his viewpoint over? 
Um, I think it was tough last season. Obviously, he came in in a, at a very, very tough time. I think we were maybe like 11 points off safety. So when we're going to, to big clubs and we concede an early, and it's a bit like last night, actually, when we played Haven. Obviously, they're struggling down the bottom of the table. And when you score a couple goals early, you kind of it kind of sucks the life out of the opponent a little bit. And it's kind of like a, oh, here we go again sort of situation. So I think it was really important for George to, to freshen up the squad in his point of view um, and kind of get a, a youthful squad that we're all willing to learn and bought into his ethos so that he can have a real crack at this, um, uh, this season. And I think that that's shown through the start of the season. Um, we had a really good pre-season, a lot of hard work, but that seems to be paying off so far. It's quite interesting because the word identity has come across quite a few managers I've spoken to recently. It's about getting an identity in a team, how they play. Do you think George has got that into the players? This is how we're going to play and we're going to be successful with it. No, 100%. 100%. Um, I think it's so important that when we, we do create this identity, and I think the identity is we're all hard-working players, we're all honest players, um, we all want to work hard for the team. Uh, obviously, Levi has had a great start to the season, but I think that everyone is just happy that we're winning games. And being like his strike partner, I might not have scored as many goals in, but honestly, I couldn't care less as long as we're winning games and the positive, uh, the performance are positive. And I think that with the squad we've got and the characters we've got, I feel like that's uh, that's really important. And that is the kind of identity that um, that George has really gone for and we've created. Now, I've mentioned about well, Levi at 20 goals this season. I think you're doing yourself a... You know, You've been involved as his main strike partner. What's Levi's strengths? When I've seen him play, he's good in the air and he's a handful on the ground. What? How does he? How does he work together with you? Well, I think he's like you said, he's an absolute handful. Um, he's so athletic. I call him Harland actually because <laughs> the way he strikes them all with his left foot in training is it's ridiculous. Um, he's obviously still young. He's only just turned twenty-three, so he's kind of got the the world at his feet, so to speak. And I think that um, he's only going to get better with time. And I think that working with coaches like Craig Fagan, who's obviously played at the highest level, um, he's really started to hone his talents in. And if I'm honest, at the start in pre-season, he went my mummy set and I've told them I told them this. I think the first couple of games I thought, oh I'm not, not too sure on him. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of pre-season when we were doing me and him would come in at seven thirty eight uh, every morning, we'd do about forty five minutes of finishing and you really just start to see that the patterns and the consistency and everything just seems to start to really, really up it. And, uh, well, he's absolutely hit the ground running 20 goals before December. I think it's a, it's a dream start for him, really. But you're pleased with your own? you got a hat-trick in the FA Cup. You're pleased with your own form this season? Yeah, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really happy. I think I'm on eight goals now and five assists. So, I think 13 goal contributions, considering the, I had a really, really tough season last year with injury. Um, I've already started more games this season than I made appearances last, so... I think that's the most important thing for me is just to get as many parents as I can, help the team, goals and assists, but also just working hard. And when someone like Levi is on, on fire, just keep on feeding him. You keep on doing the best of the team. Keep on doing a little bit of his running and making sure that he, he's fresh in front of goal and it seems to be working. This weekend, of course, Barrow in the Cup. It's nice to have a home cup tie because you seem to have played a lot of games away from home this season. I think this is the first one you've had at home in the FA Cup. We know what the gala could be, could be like um, when Maystone are going in the right direction. So it should be a, an interesting game against the Barrow side who are in red-hot form at the moment. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. I think there was a stat the other day that I think the St Albans game on Saturday was our 17th game on a Saturday in the league, um, this season, sorry. And that was our 13th or 14th away game. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to be home on a Saturday. Um, but yeah, obviously Barrow are... Uh, in red hot form, like you said, I think they, they beat Walsall last night. They beat Colchester four one on the weekend. Yeah, I think they've, but, I think they've won six on the spin. So yeah, the form side yeah. in League Two. But to be honest, it's quite nice going to a game where we are the underdog. There's no pressure on us. We we have nothing to lose. And personally, it's the furthest I've ever been in the competition. I think I've played every round lower so far. So it's just a nice a nice personal uh, feat to to get to this round. And I'm just going to try and enjoy myself and. Uh, like I said, there's, there's no pressure on us as long as we make a good account of ourselves. And I know we can do. Um, yeah, I'm, I think everyone's just buzzing for the game. You know, you've got to think about it. If you got through to the third round, what team do you support? Where would you love to go? Well, I am an Arsenal fan, so I'd love to go to the Emirates. <laughs> um, but then I'm from Bristol, so 
if I could go to Bristol City, it's a bit of a selfish pick, I know, because a lot of the lads would want to go to a, a big prem club. But I'd love to go down Ashton Gate and have all the family and all the friends there. So that would be, uh, be very nice. But, but you mentioned that George has got you playing with confidence. And again, he won't fear Barrow, will he? No, no, definitely not. I don't think we fear any, anybody. And obviously they're on a, on a great run, but they haven't played on a 4G for a little while. I know a few of their players might not be too interested in playing on that. So hopefully that can, that can level it slightly. And we, we know that the, the home fans for us will, will be singing for the whole 90 minutes, no matter the scoreline. So we'll make it a really uh, real tough place for them to come. And I think that everyone will just, everyone's uh, excited for it. And we all know that the feel-good factor can be huge at Maidstone, Matt. And at the moment, they are riding on a wave. And I think that's a good game on Saturday. And it was really nice to hear how much he's looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I think everybody at Maidstone United is really looking forward to it. After all, they went on. Julia Jelicobi doing a very good job. And I think probably, as I mentioned there, good to have a home game. All the way games have had this season at home. And I'm sure the Gallagher will be absolutely rocking for that. You know, I've done my homework on Barrow Unfortunately, I'm going to be at that game as well. They're in great form. So, if, if I'd have looked at this figure two weeks ago, I thought, oh, Maystone will be favourites. But Barrow are in really, really good form. Um, they've got a bit of non-league mentality about them because arguably they are a non-league team in my eyes and probably always will be. Um, but so, they, with the manager and things like that, clearly it's going to be a tough game. But I, I, Maystone are good and they've got a man in form in a Manchi. Um, and Wanjo Smith got a good partnership. What you probably don't want is a replay going to Barrow in the middle of December, but they'll get the chances. I'm absolutely convinced, Mainstone. Just if it can fall to a Manchi or Wanjo Smith, they could be the team that causes a shock as well. The Gallagher will be rocking, and that I'm sure that will make a difference because Mainstone United won the last, probably the last time they played Watford, probably in the FA Cup first round, maybe fourth or third round which must be about mid-80s, early 80s, uh, something like that. So, yeah, fantastic chance for them. And again, sides haven't played many home games, but they're not used to losing at home again this season. So it'll be difficult. But again, Manchi's going to be the man, is he? 20 goals this season, one chance, could it make it all the difference. I enjoyed that when they were talking about the, the partnership that they've got as well. And he said, like, you know, at the start of the pre-season, I wasn't sure. But now that I've seen him up close... Uh, you know, and the effort that he's put in and, and that we used to get in early and work on our finishing. If then, you know, they, they, they've really put the hard yards in and they're reaping the benefits, Matt. And I, and I can only assume that when you spoke to Sol, you hadn't seen the wonder goal that Amanchi scored last night. I haven't. Well, he is a handful. He's good with his feet. He's got he's got that long gated run um, and decent in the air and comes alive in the six yard box. What's he done this time? What was his goal? We sort of picked the ball up on the on the byline on the touchline. Uh, he looked like he had nowhere to go, and he's just kind of beaten a couple of men and just kept running and running and running. He must have beaten four or five players, and then he slotted it in. Absolutely brilliant goal, um, you know. And it's 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 great to see, you know, these w- before they signed for Maidstone, was were really aware of either of these players. No, I wasn't. But it's good to see that they've formed a partnership and they're performing well for the Stones. And, and that's that's really good. And as I say, in that interview, I really enjoyed the sort of getting into the workings of being a strike pair. And I guess for the, for them too, you know, knowing that they are the main men, it's, it's, it's a really good feeling for them both. Yeah, well, I, I think people said about Wayne Joe Smith, I spoke to Craig Tucker about it. And when I saw him, he's a good player. He Again, he's got the ability to go past people. And what I say, he's an unselfish player. He will sit... If he sees a Manchi in a better position or thinks other players, he can bring them into play. So, And a Manchi's clearly getting all the plaudits because he's scoring all, all the goals. And clearly, I think Craig Fagan, who we mentioned in there, a couple of people have mentioned to me that, you know, George Elokobi's doing a good job. But Craig Fagan, who had a good Premier League career, he's a good coach. And clearly, he's ramming it into the players. This is what you need to do and get into it. Changed the mentality of the back end of last season, which is also interesting. What well, he said, you know, from a Dover point of view, it thought it in. Once you lose one goal, here we go again, here we go again. It managed to bash that out of them, which clearly certain teams haven't done. Um, and, 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 and that's credit to George Elokobi and the players that he's got who've got running through um, uh, brick walls for them. And again, Barrow, Barrow are going to be favourites. I think they've won six on the spin or something ridiculous like that. But Maidstone, 
mate, I'm, there's one part of me thinks all the heartbreak of what they had last season and all the pain that they didn't win from November till April, whatever it was, it's all going to be worth it because they're going to beat Barrett at the weekend and be in the third round of the Cup. Do you think the pitch could play, play a part there as, as Sol said? Well, I didn't really think about that as well. I don't know how much... Because it's been interesting when it brought up at the um, Ramsgate press conference and they were saying about, oh, you know, do you train on grass as well as as 3G? So, um, And they said, well, we do try and train on a bit of grass as well because you've got to get used to different surfaces. I presume Barrow would be would have trained on a 3G, but maybe they're not going to be worth it. Tight little ground, tight ground at the Gallagher Stadium uh, and... Oliver Ash as well, I, I, I spoke to him. He said, this team's maybe not got the bravado of the, the team that got promoted, but this has got a team that is, is a bit more drilled, reorganised, and just knows how to win matches. So maybe that's the chance against the Barrow side. Uh, could get on the end of it. And again, 3G could make a difference, could really make a difference. It's a long way from Barrow to Maidstone. Of course, they'll be well prepared and I'm sure travel the night uh, a couple of days before, but I think they've got a. I think they've got a chance. I think they've got a chance because they'll be, they're well organised, well drilled. Defensively, they're you know particularly at home they don't concede many. I know away recently they've conceded a few, but I think they've got a chance. And 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 he and a Manchi is in form. He's in form, and if one chance, one goal could make just make the difference. I, I think out. Clearly, I think one one of Ramsgate or Maidstone will get through. I'm convinced. We're going to get a team in the third round. Uh, Barrow did play at the Gallagher three times and made some in the National League. Uh, one win for Barrow and two for Maidstone. So you never right. know. And Sol Wednesday said he fancied Arsenal or Bristol City. I'd imagine his manager would quite fancy a trip to Molyneux. Uh, but we shall see <laughs> yes, how that uh, one plays out. Or Colchester, if they're still in it. I think they're out, aren't they? Yeah, you don't want to get to. The, uh, I'm not being funny, mate. But you don't want to get to the third round and get bloody Colchester, do you? <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, let's stick around the top of the pyramid then, and we're going to move in fact to the National League, where there was a much-needed three points for Ebbsfleet United, and points in some style too, as they were four-one winners at Oldham Athletic. They're now only in the bottom four on goal difference, Matt, and they're going to hope that that win is a catalyst for a turnaround, which they want to continue when they travel to face bottom club Kidderminster on Saturday. Great result for Ebsley. You know, Oldham, I think, had beaten Barnet a couple of days beforehand. Clearly a good side, good players in people like James Norwood, good manager. But that that is a catalyst. And that really, that three points is a big three points for Ebsley as well. So, yeah, look, clearly I think Ebsley are in a false position. Uh, if, if Dennis Katrine can get it right, quite a tight division. Good to see Woking down the bottom of the table as well. Um, yeah, I think Kidderminster don't score any goals. It will absolutely score goals. So I think if they can get a result against Kiddy, it would have been a fantastic week for uh, Ebsley. Absolutely. It was also a fantastic result for Bromley. Uh, four one away winners as well uh, from their game at Hartlepool. They are at home to Rochdale on Saturday. Interestingly, South and it almost wrote itself on Saturdays. When I checked the scores at half time, everyone was winning except for Dover. But by full time, alas, Maidstone had joined them in defeat. Maidstone had beaten 3-2 at St Albans. A performance of the day, though, undoubtedly, uh, was from Welling United, who thrashed the leaders, Yeovil, by four goals to one. Uh, just the sort of result that Danny Bloor and his side will have needed. Dartford also beat some West Country big boys as they beat Torquay United by three goals to nil. Tumbridge Angels thumped lowly Havant and Waterlooville 4-1. That just leaves us to mention Dover Athletic. It wasn't quite a Western Super nightmare, uh, but it wasn't a Western Super very good day uh, as Dover lost by one goal to nil. But Welling United, Matt, what a win. Unbelievable. Well, good old Nigel texted me. I think texted me two o'clock. I said, I've got a few new players. Oh, I'm fearing the worst. Next thing he texted me, basically sounded like they're going to win the league. So, uh, yeah, football's like Danny Bloor will be very excitable. Brought in a couple of players. Clearly, there's a bit of budget to move players on. Tristan Abrahams with a hat-trick. He played for Gillingham last season. When I've seen him play a couple of times this season, he, 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 there is something about him. His movement's good. Sometimes his body language can be a little bit you know, suspect at times. But I think if you give him the ball um, at this level, he is a 20-plus-a-goal 20 20 uh, season striker. So... And they've ripped Yeovil apart. Now they've got to show a bit of consistency well in as well. You know, they've had a couple of good results this season, but then fallen back with um, poor performances. So um, 
utilise that. Um, and I think uh, they're still in the relegation zone, really, but they've got to use that as a springboard, really. Mm. Well, they go to Western Supermare on, on Saturday. What, what did you make of, of, of Western? I mean, they're... I've had a, an all right start to the season, and obviously they they beat your boys at the weekend. Well, they're better than Dover. Clear, um, kept the ball. Dover didn't really have a shot on target. Uh, he just kept the ball really well. Western, um, some good players. Dale Grubb. Basically, I think they toyed with Dover a little bit because Dover huffed and puffed. No real quality in the final third, and you'll know you'll get chances against Dover because. The defence is very porous. Again, Terrell didn't have much to say. It was a poor game with two. I thought Western weren't too bad. They kept the ball well. You could probably get at them, I expect, with this nice football and maybe bully them a little bit, but Dover haven't got the quality to do that. So um, we'll go from there. Really. So Jake LaBelle's come back in. Um, a little bit more professionalism, hopefully, on the, on the field, see if we can get anything. But um, I, I'm resigned to relegation. So... Um, I'm afraid. Uh, they go to Hamilton Waterlooville <laughs> on, on Saturday. Which bottom against next to bottom. Do you know what? I think if that was being played outside the window, I'd shut the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think probably if you work it out, I don't think either side have won since August. So Ugh. it's probably about 36 games out of the 42 played that they do haven't actually won a game. So uh, to be honest, um, I... I'm not. I, I haven't. I expect having to beat Dover because oh, look at the players and the quality. Just yeah, you know, just unless Dover can actually. Do you know what? If Dover kept a nil-nil, that's like three points. You know, it really is. And I think that's maybe Dover set up against Western, but a nil-nil is as good as three points because we've got a clean sheet and it's 28 games since you had a clean sheet. There you go. Uh, Tom and Daniels go to Torquay United on Saturday and then on Tuesday night, uh, made so not home again as they take on Truro. Uh, let's head down then to the scaffold. Well, the FA Vars, actually, because it's even though it's the FA Cup this weekend, it's also the FA Vars. I mean, I don't think it's ever got to the stage where there's been a team in both competitions at this stage. Uh, but uh, I just find it a bit confusing that both are on the same weekend. Uh, we've got three scaffold sides still flying the flag in that competition. We've spoken to Irith Town two weeks ago. We spoke to Deal Town last week. Thought we'd make it a hat-trick this week uh, by catching up with another striker. We've had two great strikers on the show already. This guy's probably got even more goals than the two of them put together. Here he is, the Homesdale manager, Andy Constable. Yeah, it was a good win. Um, it was a fully deserved win as well. Um, 4-2 against Wellingtown. Um, we'd have been on the back of a, a poor run of results as well prior to that. A couple of defeats and a draw at home to Sutton, um, which, which sort of like got in the way of our best run of the season. So... Good to get uh, back on track ahead of obviously the Vars game this weekend, so that's important. And obviously, for you, you're now in, in sole charge of the team. Has that meant much has changed? Not, not specifically, to be honest with you. Um, I think um, obviously working with Tony, um, we, we've got a good understanding that that stems back from obviously last season as well here from Belvedere. Um, and a similar thing happened where obviously I ended up on my own here from Belvedere for a period of time. Uh, this is a bit of a different situation where. We've made the conscious decision between us that Tony's going to move into the director of football role, so he's, he's really heavily involved still on the football side of things. Um, the only real difference is he's not actually going to be in the, in the dressing room or in the dugout. So um, the players will probably tell you that will make it a little bit more relaxed than it was before. <laughs> but um, in general, he's still heavily involved. So not in answer to your question, it doesn't really make much difference at all, to be honest. What does the director of football do in the scaffold? I think for us, it just well for me personally, it, it gives me it gives me someone that I can bounce ideas off. It gives me someone that I can uh, I can work with in, in getting players into the club as well. Especially someone who's who's got the experience that Tony's got. Um, that's that's a massive plus for us. Um, we're, we're trying to really do some good things at the club and develop them off the pitch as well. And feel like this kind of uh, fits into the into the into the way that we want it to, to be structured. So. Um, Really, it's just—it's almost just having that kind of assurance that there's someone there that I can, I can uh, bounce ideas off. As I said, so it's—it's. Uh, it's, it, I like the setup. To be honest, I think it—it it helps build that bridge between obviously the board as well and and the management and the football side of things. So uh, that's that's the way I view it. I think the last time we spoke, you were still playing, and, and I don't think you were 100 percent sure that management was for you. But I, I guess you've changed your mind now. 
<laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, at the time, I'd, I'd had a little taste of it coming up at home down before as a player manager. Um, and I think that was quite a unique situation. I, I personally don't think the two can be done effectively together. Um, so, obviously, since then, retiring, um, I, I feel like I really want to stay in the game. I wasn't sure in what capacity at the time whether that would be down the coaching route or the or the management side of things. And um, after going in as the assistant at Eric and Belvedere and seeing the management side, I think that's certainly the, the path that I'd like to follow. So pleased to then obviously get that opportunity at Homestown to continue that, that route. Was it hard for you to, to bounce back? Because it all ended pretty uh, pretty tough for you last year at Ethan Belvedere, didn't it? Yeah, it was it was not not a nice situation. Um, I think my my view on that was that I thought the club probably made a bit of a rash decision at the time. I think we were still fourteen points clear when when I left. I know teams had games in hand on us at the time, but personally, think that it was a little blip that probably our only blip of the season, to be honest. And I think it would have we would have come through that and gone on to win the league as they did anyway. So, um, yeah, it was it was a bit tough, but I've been around non-league football uh, a long time and nothing really surprises me, to be honest. So, um, there's no point dwelling on, on things like that. you just got to move on and and the Homesdale opportunity came up. Obviously, that was the club that I finished uh, playing for. Uh, so, I've got good ties there and really kind of bought into a, a bit of a different project from what we had at Irvine Belvedere where the goal was clearly going in the league. This is all about a bit of a longer-term plan to try and improve the club on and off the pitch and, and hopefully at, at some point give us the opportunity to try and get out of step fires um, and in, into step four football. But we're, we're talking potentially like three, five, seven years. That's a big project for us. So um, something that hopefully can can be a long-lasting project as well. I suppose it's all about growth, isn't it? Because looking at the attendance on Saturday, you're obviously struggling to get people in through the doors. Yeah, it's, it's 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 frustrating to be honest. I think I think obviously when you're when you're if you're being successful, you're going to get people through the door. I mean, it's something similar happened to us at Open but here again, keep relating back to it. But our attendances there weren't fantastic. Um, and given the area that we're in um, this weekend, I think Bromley were away. I think Cray were playing on the Sunday, and we still only had twenty four people um, through the door. So that's something we want to try and improve. Um, it, it's it's an area where I think there's, there's a good pool of players that you can look to pull, uh, to pull on and bring into the club and, and then hopefully that can then follow with, with getting some support through the door as well. So that is part of our planning. Uh, and a big FA Vars run would help. Uh, Eastbourne United away uh, on Saturday should, should be a, a tricky one because they're in, in a decent place in their league, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, we had them watch last night. Actually, they were at Lingfield, so about a million miles away, and they got a, a two-one victory there late on. Um, and we, we've we played Haywood Heath in the previous round from from that division, and we've also played Mid uh, Midhurst and Eastbourne from that league as well. So we we know a little bit about that level. Um, they're they're having a good season. Um, I think for us, it's a it's a it's a welcome break from from the league uh, the league fixtures that we've been playing and. We've already, we've already taken the club as far as we uh, they've ever been in this competition. So, um, if we can get through through this round, I think we've got every chance of doing that. By the way, that um, get to I think it then goes to the national national stages, and would be fantastic for us to get a, a nice trip away somewhere. I think so that we we set out as a little target at the start of the season. So if we can tick that one off, that'd be fantastic. It's also nice to play a team from another division anyway. And, and you know, Eastbourne is, is not too far away, but it's also not that close, is it? So it's probably, um, it's probably a good, uh, that's a good trip for you as well. That's a nice one, yeah, a little, little coach trip. So we'll, we'll, we'll get, get all the squad and, and the committee and, and family and hopefully a few supporters on the coach down there um, and, and make a bit of a day of it. As I said, it's, it's important that we've gone competition so we really want to continue that so we're all looking forward to it and hopefully we can go and get a result and then you just want to push on obviously the games don't come as thick and fast at your level as they do for everyone else over Christmas but it's just a matter of, of momentum isn't it and then putting a run together yeah absolutely I think we've got another cup game on Tuesday night at the Challenge Cup away at Punjab which will be tough um, I've said in some programme notes previously it's important that we stay in as many cup competitions as we possibly can to to keep that run of fixtures going. Um, we obviously have 40 league games this season in the scaffold division, which is uh, which is a lot. So there are probably quite a few games actually this year. But 
Um, yeah, all about momentum, and then just see how far we can we can push on in the league, really, without setting any ridiculous expectations on ourselves. I really enjoyed that one, actually, Matt. And and you can tell he's he's, he's enjoying his post-playing career. Yeah, it could have been burnt with what happened to Erith and Belvedere, but I think as we said before in this show, football is if football's in your blood and what you're used to, you want to get involved. Clearly, he's got a lot to give because he's knows this level a very long time Holmesdale probably not the most sexiest clubs in the scaffold but a well organised club clearly they want to do things better off the pitch disappointing crowd as you mentioned 24 coming through um, got a chance in the um, FA Vars doing okay-ish in the league but I think the most important thing is that let's get any infrastructure at the club a decent you know the director of football is you know, very well respected in the division. Andy Constable, how many goals has he got? 400 goals? Something ridiculous, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think he wants to succeed in football. Clearly, he knows a lot about the game. And if it can rub off on Holmesdale and they can build an infra- infrastructure, build a, build a squad and maybe have a bit of a run in the Vars, can only benefit them, really. So, and I think half the battle is it's good that people like him are staying in the game because... Now, it could have been really burnt after the Erith factor, and it was interesting what he thought. We're going through a bad patch, but I thought I'd go through with it. So, Erith and Belvedere's loss can be uh, Holmesdale's game. Yeah, and I think his experience and, and that desire to give something back mm. uh, is, is is really important, actually. And and it sounds like with Tony Beckingham, who's, who's been around for a few yeah. years and, and knows his his way around the, the, the lower leagues. It sounds like they're quite a good combination together. And there was a little line there where he said, I think the players will probably find it a bit calmer. So maybe it was harder when there was two voices there trying to, to, trying to sort everything out. Uh, but now it's just the one. They know the direction that they're going in. And, you know, it's, it's quite re- refreshing to hear someone say, Do you know, it's a long-term project here and we want to build the crowds. We want to build the club up and hopefully in five, six, seven years get to the level that we possibly could be. You don't want to run before they can walk. And I think that's really important because... You know, when you are getting 24 people through the gates, it, it's hard to justify having a big budget or, any, or even any budget. So I, I'm guessing that that's the, the right way to do it. And as I said to him there, if they can go deep in the FA Vars, there'll be people turning up, won't there? Yeah, absolutely. It's a competition that some of our scaffold sides, particularly home staffers, I don't think they've got enough to get into the playoffs this season, can really put their full um, efforts on to, to try and be successful. Interestingly, again, we seem to think that the Kent Scaffold League is a better league than the Sussex League. So I think we've got to try and prove it this weekend. And they've done it once this season. Let's hope they can do it again. Yeah, well, Eastbourne United, it, it, I obviously keep a, a fairly close eye on the Eastbourne teams. And one year it's Town that are quite good. This year it's United. They are fifth in the league. I think they're on a little bit of an unbeaten run as well. Um, you know, so it's not going to be an easy game. But he, he did say there, you know, I think we've got every chance. And, and yeah, we do think it's, it's, it's a stronger league. So hopefully uh, that will that will come to pass because it would be it would be really good if we can get all three of those teams uh, in the FA Vars three, wouldn't it? Well, is and again, what you said about the professionalism that they've got, they've had this other side watched and and will know what they what they they can and can't do. So no reason why they can't get a result there. Fingers crossed, it will be fantastic if we can get three three through into the new year. In this competition, absolutely. Just a reminder that the other games uh, in that in the Vars on Saturday, uh, Irith Town go to Athletic Newham uh, and Deal Town go to Lingfield. So everyone's away, uh, but fingers crossed we can get some teams through uh, into the next round. Uh, let's have a quick look at what happened in the scaffold uh, over the weekend. As I say, there were some uh, Kent Senior Trophy games were dominating the program, uh, but we have had some league action as well. In fact, goals galore. Uh, at Deal Town in the league, Matt, on Saturday. I don't know if you saw that scoreline yeah. there. Uh, Deal Town 7, Rostell 3, a hat-trick for Aaron Milbank. Uh, Holmesdale, as Andy Constable said, 40 winners over Wellington. Uh, Lid beat Sutton Athletic by three goals to nil. And Punjab scored the only goal to win 1-0 in their game at Tunbridge Wells. Uh, then on Tuesday night, it was Fisher 3, VCD Athletic 2. Uh, Lordswood nil, Beersted nil. Uh, Stansfield beaten 2-1 at home by Rostall uh, in that division. Uh, and also the Kent Senior Trophy will just run through uh, the rest of the games in that competition. It was the second round, I believe. Uh, finished Croydon 5, Canterbury City 3. Irith Town 2, Fisher nil. Faversham nil, Lordswood 2. Uh, Hollands and Blair 3, K-Sports 3. A 4-3 win, Hollands and Blair on penalties. Uh, it was Snodland 2, Kennington 1 and Whitstable Town 4. Beersted 1. Fixtures in the scaffold 
this weekend. On Friday night, there is some football. Kennington uh, against Faversham, a big game, that one uh, for Faversham. We've had a little bit of a blip uh, in recent weeks, so they'll be desperate to get back uh, to winning ways. And then on Saturday, it's Hollands and Blair against Snodland, Lordswood against Whitstable, Lid against Beersted, Rostow against Glebe, VCD Athletic against Punjab and Wellingtown against Fisher. And as we said, uh, the game between Stansfeld and Corinthian has been postponed uh, due to what happened last weekend. Uh, very quickly, well, from... Kennington must, must be back playing at Ashford, are they? They are indeed, yes. So uh, lots going on there. Um, and I think, But I think actually a bit of Friday night football is quite, quite a good opportunity for... For people, groundhoppers maybe who've not been to Homelands or people who just want to maybe have a gander at the new pitch that they've got there might find that uh, uh, somewhat appealing, might That is a big game for Faversham as well. So they've had a bit of a blip the last few weeks. They know that they will be three points. If other teams win their games in the hand, they won't be top of the table. So I think they need to put down a marker against Kennington really there. Anything but three points will get the other sides really quite excited, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lots of goals floating around in the Eastern League Premier Division uh, this weekend. Not necessarily all in the nets that we wanted them to go into, but Chatham 3-1 winners over Enfield on Saturday. It was Cray Wanderers 1, Dulwich Hamlet 1, Margate beaten 3-1 at home by Billericay. They finished folks to Neil Bogner Regis 1 uh, in the first game in permanent charge for Andy Drury, who's got the job at Folkestone and Victor. Uh, he took over as, a, as caretaker manager, Matt. Uh, now he's got the job full-time. And, uh, and I guess after how things ended for him at Margate last year, he'll be very keen to to put the record straight and, and get Folkestone going in the right direction. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, Andy Drury's, you know, a very good coach. He said this is his third job in a couple of years. Surprised Folkestone went down that route. We did hear a few rumours, you know, I brought up big up Steve Watt for the job, didn't I? But, you know, we heard other managers maybe were offered a job and didn't take it. Um, I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, it's a chance for Andy Drew to show what he did. I thought he was hard done by at Margate. Now he's got a chance at Folkestone um, to try and, I don't know what the, what the Folkestone have normally been at the right end of the table. We know they're getting good crowds as a club, so that there's potential there. If you can get play of the right kind of football they want to see at Folkestone and be successful and move up top half of the table, I think he'd have done a good job. But it'd be interesting if he makes a stamp on that squad uh, and moves players in and out. I know they lost, um, I think one of the players went to Wingate and Finchley, the striker, didn't it? So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see that. Quite surprised a little bit that they've gone down that route, um, you know, pointing from within, because I know there's plenty of applicants or plenty of people interested in the job. Yeah, well, I suppose it's probably... I don't want to say it's the easy choice because he was already there, but I think, you know, some of the rumours that were flying around and, and it's an appealing job, folks. Didn't, so I'm surprised, you know, that they maybe didn't have more candidates that, that were going for it, that perhaps have got more experience than Andy Drew, but you never know. They might have decided, they might have interviewed Andy Drew and decided that that's the way they wanted to go. Yeah. Well, Andy Drew's had a decent career, um, good football league career, good player, learned from a lot of managers. And I say, I think he'll probably say that he was treated badly, not badly, surprisingly at Margate. Um, and maybe he's got a point to prove and got a chance to do it. So, as I say, interesting if he put a stamp on his on the squad for what he can do. And we're looking out for the results um, and see how it goes. Yeah, there were some games on Tuesday night uh, in that division as well. Uh, it finished Canby Island 3, Chatham 2, and Bognor Regis 2, Margate 2. And I believe both of those goals... Uh, for Bognor, we're at either end of the game, a third minute and 88th minute. Uh, so that'd be a frustrating one uh, for Margate to take uh, that one. It finished 2 2 as well on Wednesday night in the game between Cray Wanderers and Whitehawk. Fixtures that we- this weekend uh, in that division Enfield against Margate, Folkestone against Cray Wanderers, and Chatham go to Haringey Borough. And then on Tuesday night, uh, Cray Wanderers make the trip to take on Bognor Regis. Talking about Margate, so they haven't won in a while, Margate. Again, I think a couple of times at Dulwich, they were winning late when they couldn't hold on. Bognor, they couldn't hold on. So a little bit of concerns from a Margate point of view. Um, how they're getting on, really. Probably need a bit of a win. Managers are under pressure, maybe a little bit. Ramsgate doing well. Yeah, tough time for him, Margate fan at the current moment in time. They need to win some matches. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. I think... Uh... 
you know, especially with with uh, the noisy neighbours up the road, um, yeah. you know, and I think there there are certainly some envious glances in the direction of Southwood. Uh, that just leaves with the Isthmian League South East Division, uh, where on Saturday it was Beckenham 3, East Grinstead nil, much needed win uh, for Beckenham. Uh, Ashford were 2-1 winners at Chichester, the big game finished Cray Valley 1, Ramsgate 1, it was Lansing nil, Sittingbourne nil. Mark Dacey got his first win in charge of Seven Oaks Town with a 5-1 win away to Littlehampton. Uh, Phoenix Sports were beaten 4-0 at home by Hyde Town, it finished Sheffield United 2, Herm Bay 2, uh, United coming from two goals down uh, to get some get a point there and it was Three Bridges 6, Irith and Belvedere 1 and then on Tuesday evening at Cray Valley PM with two nil winners uh, Ashford United, Beckenham beaten 3-2 at home to Lansing and it finished 2-2 between Burgess Hill and Phoenix Sports and a good week for Hythe Town, a good run for Hythe Town, there were 1-0 winners uh, at Sittingbourne and they're on 20 points Matt, they're just two points outside the playoffs uh, it's, it's starting to shape up a bit now. Cray Valley still played the fewest games we've won. They've played nine. Uh, we've got teams who Littlehampton have played 10 um, and Hyde have played 11. A couple of others down the bottom have played 11 as well. But it's starting to take shape a little bit now, isn't it? And it's very pleasing that places one and then three down to eight are filled with teams from the fair county of Kent. Yeah, I think um, when Ben Smith said at the, at the press conference you know, this is a you know the, the FA Cup times a bonus game because they want to get promoted, and he knows how difficult this league will be with certain sides. He said they were very fortunate against Cray Valley, probably for the first half they were running it and were lucky to hold on. And they got a late equaliser. He said Cray Valley are a very good side. Um, I think there's other decent sides. Here. Good result for Cray Valley at Ashford United. Um, still unbeaten this season, Cray Valley in the league. Only played nine games. Sittingbourne. Doing well, only their second defeat. Great result for Hyde. Yeah, really good competitive division. That's a great result for Hyde. I think they were down to ten men as well at Sittingbourne. So disappointing for Sittingbourne, but they're going in the right direction as well. So yeah, really, really pleasing division this moment. Erith and Belvedere we mentioned struggling a little bit, and Beckenham, the only sort of blips on the uh, landscape, I think a little bit. Yeah, uh, tough place to go. Sittingbourne at the best of times. I'd imagine a Tuesday night in late November. It's probably yeah. not the one, is it? No. But again, as we've had Steve, what he said last week, right, if you don't concede and def- and defend you know, from the front, you can, uh, and, and then you've got the quality to get a goal, you can win football matches. So, yeah, I, again, I, I'm being impressed with Steve, uh, what this season is saying. I don't concede many goals, not the most prolific of goal scorers, or, or they have, you know, but they've got the quality there and, I think a lot of sides will be wary of them. Absolutely. The fixtures uh, this weekend in that division, obviously most eyes will be on Ramsgate uh, on Monday night, but on Saturday it's Ashford against Lansing, everything Belvedere against Sheppey United, it's Herne Bay against Cray Valley. Uh, Cracking game, that one. Beckenham go to Horndean, it's Hythe Town at home to Broadbridge Heath, Seven Oaks in fourth take on Three Bridges in second, also a good game, and it's sitting one against Phoenix Sports. And obviously now we're into the time where there's lots of midweek games. Ne- next week is no exception. Uh, on Tuesday night, it's Cray Valley PM against Beckenham and Sheppey United against Burgess Hill Town. So plenty to wet your footballing whistle this week. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously the you stand-up games... You'd probably get games... a game every day from till next Wednesday, couldn't you? Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Any, any other, probably not on Sunday, but plenty of games out there for, uh, for your Ken football fan there. Exciting games as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you can find something on uh, on, on Sunday if you wanted yeah. to. It wouldn't necessarily be the highest level of football, yeah. uh, but you could just go down the park and uh, and watch. I'll always remember Nicky Ball when he was manager of Margate. Uh, I asked him a question and said, well, you know, the players gave their all. And he went, I could go down the park and find 11 lads to do to run. I just need a bit more quality for my players. So that's part uh, and parcel. As, so, as, as, a, as, a, as a coach said to me recently, you're only as good as the players you've got. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't say what it? club that is, but there you go. Have a think about it. <laughs> well, I wonder what clubs Matt's been talking to anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for the football chat. As I say, a massive weekend ahead uh, and uh, good luck, especially to Ramsgate and Maidstone in their cup ties. Um, I'm going to go for some retro TV here, Matt. Um, on uh, Friday or Saturday evening, uh, I was watching some TV at Fee's house and just chucked on an old episode of I'm Alan Partridge. I'm sure you will have watched that. Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah. it, was the, it was the first series when he was living in the Travel Tavern. And you know, 
there was the people who worked at the Trouble Tavern. There was the young lad who was having the affair with the young girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know who that man is? He's, yeah, he's the, um, from Ted Lasso, he's the uh, yeah. journalist, isn't he? F- he just went, there he is, that's him from, from the Independent. Independent. I was like, what? I, I literally was like, oh my God, like, because I remember watching Partridge, and obviously I've watched Ted Lasso, and I'd never put the two together. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. But sure, sure as hell, it was Trent Crim from the Independent, yeah. was there in the Travel Tavern. I, I was I was made up. He, he what, sort what of takes spot. the mickey out of Partridge, doesn't he, in it? Yeah. And Partridge can't seem to work it through, so. Uh... No. Yeah, so that, 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 yeah, yeah, that's always that's always that is a good, um, yeah, Mr. Patridge, very droll humour. So um, yeah, right up my street. I, I haven't really got into Partridge new, but I think that that was peak Partridge in my opinion. The, the two, I think for me that the first series is amazing. The second series is really good as well because the thing was with the second series was it was on on a Monday night when I was that's at uni, it. and so we'd watch it on a Monday night and then we'd go out to uh, local night spots. Um, known as we used to go to our, our Monday night spot of choice was called Squires or Pound a Pint um, and we used to go there and it'd be like we'd all be just go there and it was like back of the net whatever Partridge had said would be like our thing for the night so it'd be like watch Partridge then go out and get leathered so great days yeah, there is a, there is a good one you have to beat this one out I think he's he's on a boat or something and there's somebody goes past and all this person just shouts out Partridge you and it's just, just one of those funny things that just comes across and he's he just oblivious to it all, right? So yeah, you, you bleep that out, didn't you? Oh, I will have bleeped that out, yeah. I, I, I didn't bleep out the, the swearing last week. I thought I had a, I had a thought about it and I thought Nobed is probably fine. But I think what you've just said there is probably, well, we should get the beat machine out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, again, once a bleep, once a bleep, it's not a good show if it's not bleeping it, is it? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've, 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 I've used it a few times. I, yeah, used it a few times this season already, so we'll uh, we'll get that out again. Uh, you watch, you don't watch Two Doors Down, do you? No, I never watched it. Yeah, very good. I, I binge watched the whole series at the weekend. It's just very droll, very good humour. The Scottish one, so I would recommend uh, that. Uh, and we're big into Squid Games here, as we said last week. We can't wait for the next episode. So there you go. Yeah, I've seen the trailers for it, and I still don't fancy it. So no, no it's good. It's it's good. Um, psychological, how people well, what would you do for, for 4.65 million? Well, I mean, you, uh, well, it's basically all these alliances and these people are all buddy buddies, but of course, when they realize that it's a game that you could win 4.65 million, sort of those buddy things sort of fall down at, at the wayside and true colors come through. So, a good psychological experiment, anyway. Interesting. I've, you know, I've, I've had a rubbish day today. I've been in a bad mood all day. I got woken up far too early after getting after having to de-ice the car late last night. And uh, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I've, I've done well to get through this without you needing the beat machine for me. To be honest, mate. <laughs> well, it's it's late again, John. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking before we end it, have we ever had a non-league side in the third round since we've been doing this? Not since we've been doing this. No, I think we've only had one or two get into the first round. Um, yeah. Maidstone got to the second round, didn't they? And they played. Was it MK Dons away? Blackpool. Oh, Blackpool. When did they play MK Dons? Because I remember speaking to Lee Wogan about playing MK Dons. Uh, that's probably they got. Yeah, they got to the second round a few times, Maidstone, haven't they? Yeah. yeah they beat Cheltenham. Dover oh, yeah. got to. Dover got to the second round against somebody. Peterborough, wasn't it? So yeah, we've had a few teams in the second round. So but we haven't had that third. So maybe third time lucky for Maidstone. Um, so it, well, here we go, John. Predictions wise, of our two sides, who do you think? How, how do you think they're going to get on? Maidstone go through. Ramsgate go close but lose. And I'm sorry to everyone at Ramsgate because I love you all. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I think um, it's been such a good season. I think a good season, probably the best season we've had for our Kent sides. Um, I definitely think. We're going to have to get some, get one of them. I, I think Maidstone have got. I think nobody's. There's no pressure on Maidstone. Um, nobody's sort of talking about them as a shock. I wouldn't have thought because other sides will be on the radar, and Maidstone will not barrow out. There we go. I think Maidstone have just got the feel good factor. I think yeah. they've got a little yeah. bit behind them. Yeah, they've got an informed team with with a good young manager. But I just think there's just something about and the, and the way that Sol spoke there 
you know that they're, they're they're up for this, and and I think that's uh, yeah. I, I I really hope they do do it. Obviously, we will be keeping abreast of it all on social media. We can find us on Twitter slash X at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast, and on Facebook, and you can look for the Kent Only Football Chats group as well. And we're on Threads and Instagram too, Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Phipps eighty one. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thank you so much to all of our guests for their time this week. Uh, and as we said at the top of the show, all of our thoughts and prayers are with Cam uh, from Corinthian and his family and everyone who's been affected by that horrible incident. Just make sure that you look after yourselves and look after each other. Um, that's all we can really say. Uh, and massive good luck to Maidstone and Ramsgate this weekend and all of our other teams and the three teams in the FA Vars as well. If we can't get a team to the third band of the FA Cup, we'll have one at Wembley in the Vars instead. How about that, Matt? That sounds good. That sounds good, yeah. It's been a brilliant season so far. It can only get better. And again, seeing those smiley, happy people at Ramsgate today, you know, the feel-good factor really is good. And if people, teams like teams like Ramsgate and the supporters who've been there for 20 years, you know, they must be absolutely, you know, they deserve this moment. And enjoy the moment and fingers crossed they can do it. Absolutely. And we'll let you know how they got on next week on the Kent Ollie podcast. I could either be a hero or an absolute jinx as I see both of our sides go out. So... Fingers crossed I'm not. I'm not the latter.